This is the IMBGC podcast, The Voices of Tomorrow Heard Today, a Boys and Girls Clubs of the Tennessee Valley listening experience. The goal of this podcast is to provide insightful information about the programs, staff members, and community partners that provide club members of Boys and Girls Clubs of the Tennessee Valley with the tools to reach their full potential as productive, caring, responsible citizens. We will have a revolving series of posts pulling from industry leaders to serve as hosts and guests to keep things lively and interesting and make you wonder what's coming next. I'm Bailey from the DeBust Family Club, filling in for Mr. Bart, who is in a meeting, but we'll be joining us in a few minutes to discuss our next topic. In 2020, the COVID-19 crisis forced companies, small businesses, local churches, and nonprofits to rethink service models for their day-to-day -day operations. Just imagine, thriving storefronts and shops, all of a sudden empty. Fortune 500 companies or company employees suddenly building workspaces in their homes. Local nonprofits are suddenly forced to make decisions on how to continue operating for the betterment of their mission. For better or worse, 2020 was a true test for companies and nonprofits to maintain workplace culture, but also an opportunity to reevaluate workspace environments and determine whether employees felt safe, engaged, inspired, and hopefully productive whether they're at home, sometimes in the office, or on the front line. Today, we continue with the second part of our conversation with Mr. Jim Clark, President and CEO of Boys and Girls Clubs of America, and Mr. Bart McFadden, President and CEO of Boys and Girls Clubs of the Tennessee Valley. Gentlemen, welcome back to the IMBGC podcast. Well, thank you. Great to be here with you, Bailey, and looking forward to our conversation. Likewise, thank you, Bailey. Excited about this. Now, our topic today is present-day concerns that Boys and Girls Club executives, such as yourselves, are developing solutions, both on the local and state level, but also on the national stage. So, I want to open with this post-COVID-19 life and get into issues you are both working on to find solutions in 2023. So, Jim, let me start with you, since you travel to Boys and Girls Clubs all, over, all across the country. What are local clubs doing to ensure success for their members now that we are past the COVID-19 restrictions? Are there outside factors that local executives are dealing with that maybe other organizations in the country are not dealing with? Well, great, great question. And, you know, there's a lot that's happened in the last three years. And to your point, coming out of COVID-19 and uh, the pandemic has really taught us some lessons, but also created some different challenges that we weren't dealing with during the pandemic. For example, uh, we have a lot of clubs in this country that are still experiencing workforce or staff shortages. And that means they have long waiting lists of youth that need or want to get into the club. And that's painful. That's painful to deal with when we know there's such a great need there. Um, also coming out of the pandemic and really started during the pandemic and before, you know, the level of trauma and stress in kids' lives is at a level never seen before, and that isn't going away. Um, that's been a residual that has stuck with us and continues to escalate in, in many areas. And we see it in the number of teen suicides or attempted suicides or teens and kids feeling hopeless or depressed. And then there's a couple other things that are, are really present here and now. One is unfinished learning, this the academic uh, uh, academic and education that was lost. You know, there's, it's going to take a decade or more to catch up. And then um, at the same time, 
uh, we've, we've got to really focus on helping kids and teens get better prepared for the workforce of tomorrow. So those are some uh, quick things uh, that we hear, I hear a lot of across the country and that are affecting clubs. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on it, at least for us. I mean, I can't speak to all of the organizations across the country, but I think, you know, three key areas that you hit on right there, education, uh, mental health, workforce development. And uh, those are three areas that we've really wanted to focus on in our organization with programming that is really intensified in those three areas. I think, you know, the big challenge to, to your question, Bailey, is um, organizations like ours that need is exploded over the last three years uh, it was there before covid but it just gotten uh significantly larger and how do organizations like us effectively meet the needs of as many kids that need us in communities um long term i mean that, that's just a reality there's more need than there's ever been um and how do we do it with excellence and um that that's the biggest challenge you know we've We've got to figure that out. And uh, thankfully, I know Jim said uh, a little bit earlier, strategic planning for what's next in our movement across the board. I know that's going to be one of the key things is how do we sustain excellent effort in meeting those needs that have emerged for kids. Now, Bart, you brought up education and everyone here in Tennessee is aware of the third graders test scores. Can you talk about the issue and how BGCTNV staff members are helping our club members? Yeah, so, you know, anybody that's listening to this who may not be here in East Tennessee, uh, our state general assembly last year adopted a call that said if third graders did not pay, pass the state standardized test for English language arts, uh, they would be held back uh, without some uh, intervention and then they could ultimately be held back. And so, uh, state testing this year um, took on an even more uh, burdensome tone for our kids. And I think here in Knox County, the primary county where we serve kids, about 40% of kids uh, are going to have to do summer school or additional tutoring. They didn't meet those proficiency benchmarks. Uh, proud to say most of the club kids that I've talked to did. And so we, our clubs are still full of third graders, rising fourth graders right now as we head into summer. Uh, but I think what we've learned during COVID, something we were really uh, grateful to be part of, was some pilot programming around small group intensive tutoring. And uh, I think more than ever, we learned during COVID our ability to directly impact positive academic performance of kids. Uh, in the summer of 2020, we uh, partnered with the former governor of Tennessee, Bill Haslam, and his wife, Chrissy, on a pilot program that uh, did this small group tutoring. And, uh, we did about 700 kids in this organization that summer with uh, three sessions of tutoring a week over eight weeks. And what the research on the back end found was that in those eight weeks, kids on average gained the equivalent of 12 weeks worth of learning. And I'm proud to say that that's a, a tutoring model that we've continued to implement in our clubs. I think the reality is if kids are behind, you find something that's producing results at a more rapid rate than the traditional classroom experience and you keep doing it. You just get repetitive with things that are successful. And, and that's what we're doing to kind of meet the needs around that third grade uh, proficiency thing. But also, uh, Jim's point a little bit earlier, the mental health. Um, we know mental health and isolation amongst kids skyrocketed during COVID. Um, we started our uh, member emotional and social health program 
in 2015 in this organization with one uh, social worker that focused on the mental health of our kids. That team is now four, soon to be five full-time people uh, working in our, in our clubs. And it's amazing some of the things that they've been able to help mitigate with kids, kids who had those uh, suicidal ideations or even homicidal ideations have been intervened with and, and been impacted positively through that team. So, um, again, like I said earlier, the depth of issues and challenges that face kids uh, during COVID only got worse. And we've got to grow our effectiveness and our programming, at least at the same rate that those needs grew as well. You know, I would just kind of echo that. And, you know, I think this is all about solutions um, for youth. And Bart, you know, mentioned several and, and I did as well. And I think, you know, and we, we, we talk a lot about need and, and challenge and the, the problems. Uh, we also need to be viewed as the solutions. And I think that's what we're all about is building, creating, developing, assembling solutions so that kids can realize their full potential. Now, Jim, what are some issues that you're seeing at the national level that can be working towards solutions at the local and state level? Yeah, I think, you know, on the, if we stick to the same topics we're on in terms of what the, the, the challenges are, the solutions um, are also inside of the work that we do. Number one, when we think about mental wellness or mental illness and trauma, um, you know, we, we are working to have every club in the country um, uh, credentialed, if you will, when it comes to trauma-informed practice and using trauma-informed approaches. Um, so that is one big initiative at Boys and Girls Clubs of America to help every local club. When it comes to academic support, right now, you, you know, you're, you're starting your summer right now. We have a great program called Brain Gain that is designed for elementary, middle, and high school to really aid uh, kids and teens in uh, not falling behind and even getting better in math and reading over the summer. And then um, when we look at uh, youth workforce readiness, uh, both in the public, the government sector, and private, um, we're working to secure resources and putting in place the um, initiatives programs that every club can use uh, to get kids ready for not just a you know baseline job, but a job that will provide for a family supporting income down the road. Um, you, you know, this is really needed. Uh, you know, there's, you think about education alone, only 34% of fourth graders, all kids in the country, not just club kids, but every kid in the United States, only 34% of them in fourth grade are at reading level. I mean, so we have a huge challenge in front of us. That's why some of these solutions are so important, like brain gain and other academic education support systems. Wonderful. Um, Bart, my final question is a two-parter. Yes, ma'am. As important as our mission is here in the Tennessee Valley, what is a concern that you are seeing starting to develop that we should be concerned with at a club level? And what are some steps that you and your team are taking to ensure that it's not a major issue? That's a mouthful. Um, but a good question. You know, I, th I think things I'm starting to see develop. I'm just going to be very candid here. We talked about the need of kids growing. And I think clubs, while we're not the totality of a solution for those needs of kids, uh, to Jim's point a little bit earlier, when you look at 5,000 clubs across the country, boys and girls clubs, the answers to most 
challenges that kids face can be found in boys and girls clubs, and we can share the, those those solutions. I think the big challenge we're going to have over the next two to three years is this. There's been a lot of funding that we've received as clubs over the last three years that's enabled us to keep pace and grow programs to keep pace with the growing need of kids. A lot of that funding is government funding that's going to come to an end here in the next 15 months. So how do we as local organizations, how do we as a national movement maintain the revenue streams to continue to build those programs at the scale needed to meet the needs of so many kids? Jim just said 34% of fourth graders reading on grade level nationally. That's a lot of kids that need those interventions that you're seeing in, in both of your clubs right now. Um, the mental health piece, the workforce development. So we've got to continue to find solutions. I think we've got to continue to work our government partners at the state, local, and federal levels to say, hey, we found proven solutions and we need to help, we need your help to ensure that they stick around. They're not the totality of the solution from a funding standpoint. The private sector is too. And I think that's a big part of what we as a team here in the Tennessee Valley are doing right now is uh, actually, I've got a document I'm working on right now that talks to our board and our supporters about here are the next things that we need to be focusing on at the state level in terms of advocacy to make sure that some of those state dollars are available to support proven solutions, but also to the private sector of how they can be part of a public-private partnership to ensure these solutions are continue to grow and continue to meet the needs of kids. So it really is about uh, sustaining some of the great solutions, summer brain gain that Jim just referenced, some of the great solutions that are effective to meet the needs of kids uh, over the long haul and ensuring that they withstand uh, the end of a lot of government funding that's enabled them to grow during the last three years. I think a lot of that too is like, you're getting these club members, you're getting their stories out, you're showing them, you're showing the world, you know, like how important these, just everything the whole club is for the kids. You know, I guess it's important to us, it's helping us grow, it's helping us become these adults that all of us boys and girls are, you know, like yep. it's like I know I couldn't have made it to where I am right now being a junior in college without the boys and girls club, you know. Bailey, you are a great spokesperson for this movement in so many ways. And it is, it's helping people see that when they you know, when a donor or a local government official joins our team and says, hey, we want to support this, they've got a junior in college that's going to get a degree in criminal justice and give back to this community in a meaningful way. It's helping them see where those investments are going to be realized down the road. Um, and so that's that's a very powerful statement. So, yeah, and you know, sharing the message. Uh, I mean, that's that's 90% of what Jim does, right? 90% of what that's I right. do here in East Tennessee is tell the message. And um, I think that's the biggest thing. And uh, candidly, to anybody that listened to this podcast, um, this message is worth sharing. Um, so if you're listening to this podcast, you're part of the team too. And we need you sharing the message of how boys and girls clubs and youth serving organizations are so important to the future of this country and the future of kids in today's world. Thank you both for joining us for the IMBGC podcast. Be sure to tune in for the final part of our conversation with Jim Clark and Barton Patton as they discuss the future of Boys and Girls Clubs. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast and share it with your friends and colleagues in the industry. 
Our goal is to bring people together and share information with those that need it. Boys and Girls Club of the Tennessee Valley is proud to be the voice of the next generation of leaders in East Tennessee. For more information about us, visit bgctnv.org. That's bgctnv.org. This is the IMBGC podcast, the voices of tomorrow heard today, a Boys and Girls Club of the Tennessee Valley listening experience.